Now on the tee, it's Maddie and the Caddy. Here's Matt Barry and Michael Collins. All right, welcome in to another edition of Maddie and the Caddy. We are doing this because our producer Taylor, we, we've we've taken some extraordinary measures at ESPN to make sure everybody is safe uh, during this coronavirus scare and pandemic. So Taylor, our producer, is at home. Mm-hmm. He said that if we're going to do a podcast this week, we got to do it via Skype. So I'm looking at Collins's dopey <laughs> face via Skype. He's looking at mine same way. And Tony Finau is going to join us today, and we can't wait to catch up with him with how he's been spending his time. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a really good time. Dude, we are going through some strange times. So the good news is I think with this podcast, we can talk to a bunch of people a bunch of weeks and kind of see how everybody's doing. And be just a little bit of ray of sunshine. Just a little bit. That's it. T-Box dysfunction is going to be T-Box sunshine. Yeah. You and I are both curious. How are these guys spending their time off the course? Well, we're about to find out now with one Tony Finau. All right, so you're wondering with all the announcements of golf not being played, the latest uh, shoot-a-drop tournament to drop the PGA Championship, which is scheduled for Harding Park uh, May 10th through the 17th. So the question now is, what are players like Tony Finau doing with their off time? Tony joining us now. And, and Tony, I, I want to start with this. Uh, what was your reaction when yesterday the latest news of the PGA Championship being postponed was? Yeah, it's, it's been crazy. Uh, but, you know, no surprise, honestly, you know, at least for me. I don't know how the other players are, are taking it. But, uh, you know, i kind of been trying to do my best to follow uh, – you know, what, what the officials have been saying with social distancing and just trying to do my part, but I'm um, seeing what, you know, what's going on with, uh, with the rise of this coronavirus in the States. Uh, it's, it's no surprise that, um, you know, we're taking these precautions as, as we don't want this to continue at the rate that it is. So uh, I, I'm not surprised one bit that the, you know, sporting officials of, uh, of the PGA of America, the PGA tour are all taking these precautions um, because it is very necessary to, uh, to just help with, um, total health in, in our in our country right now. Tony, I know you're a Utah guy, so I, I want to start with this. We got a report this morning that, uh, as we record this, that uh, there was a 5.7 magnitude earthquake in Salt Lake City. So, number one, every, is everybody safe? Everybody good to go? How close are you to Salt Lake City? Did you feel anything? Where you at? Yeah, yeah, thanks. So I, I'm, in, I'm in Arizona right now. Um, you know, we, moved, we moved the family out here at the beginning of the year, but you know, I still have, uh, uh, you know, my place in, in Utah and, and my, all my family is all there. And I made sure I checked with them. You know, that was uh, kind of tough news to, um, to wake up to this morning and, and especially not being there. But I, I called, you know, my dad and then all my siblings just to make sure they were okay. You know, especially during this time, it's just, there's so many, you know, different emotions going on with, uh, with the whole coronavirus thing. And then, you know, this earthquake hits Utah and, and a whole of uh, new problems for our state and and for our families there so um but everybody's doing good and and you know and for my family and then hopefully that continues for for all of all of utahns so far i don't think there are any fatalities which is nice to hear but uh just crazy times overall and a lot of things going on but i think we're doing well thanks what is the age range of your kids yeah my oldest is eight drace is eight nini is seven uh my Tony Jr. is four and Sage is three. So we've got, we've got four pretty young ones. All right. So I would assume the older ones are out of school now that Arizona closed down their schools. 
yeah, they shut their schools down to the end of March, uh, and that's 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 best case scenario. So, yeah, they are out of school now. All right. So, how are you handling having the full family on what appears to be a spring break that may not end anytime soon? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're 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 enjoying it, but uh, you know, it's we're all we're all we're trying to find as many things to do at home as we can. We we bought a bunch of board games and card games and. Uh, and you know, we're, we've taken a lot of jogs around the block and <laughs> we're, we're trying to keep each other busy and not drive each other crazy. You know, I think, you know, my, my wife is uh, going to be crazy and tired of me here probably within the next few weeks, but, uh, <laughs> we're, we're doing okay for now. We've only been, I've only been home for a handful of days and, uh, and things, but, uh, no, I, we're having a great time, uh, thus far. And, and, and honestly, it's, um, with everything going on, you know, we're we're just trying to do our part with the social distancing but it's it's a cool it's a cool time just for us to um recharge and 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 just uh and be together as a family and that's the one of the things that we kind of laughed about a little bit when we saw each other leaving tpc sawgrass after the players got canceled was the fact that we were going to be home for such a long time but for people like us who travel all the time, it's a strange feeling knowing I'm going home and I don't know when I'm going back on the road again. And I'm sure it's got to yeah. be strange for the family too, right? Yeah, I think strange is the perfect word. Weird and strange, uh, just because you know the uncertainty of everything and and the timing of when we'll be back and and playing again on tour and um, is is this strange? But again, just uh, you know as I have young kids and, you know, this is a cool opportunity for me to be with them and, and just, and just spend time with, with our families. We, like you said, Mike, we travel for a living. You know, I, I live on the road and, you know, I'm gone 30 to 35 weeks a year uh, playing tournaments and things. So, you know, this is a time to recharge the batteries and, and again, just do our part with social distancing to make sure that this thing doesn't continue to spread. All right, Tony, be honest with us. How are you wired? Like how long is it going to take for you to start getting stir crazy? um i i I like i like being home but i (laughs) i like being home but usually usually after like eight to ten days like i'm i'm ready to hit it i'm ready to compete um you know i've I've taken actually i haven't i haven't swung a club since the players uh last thursday so i'm creeping up on six days and and i'm itching to get back on the golf course so i'm sure within the next couple days i'll get back out and and get some work in, but, uh, I'm usually good for about eight to 10 days. And after that, I'm, I'm itching to get out and do something, I'm getting, get out and do something. So, uh, we're, we're, we're creeping up on a week now. And, um, and already, you know, yesterday, you know, even my kids are like, Hey, can we go out and eat tonight? And <laughs> can we go to the, you know, can we go to the store and all? And I'm like, wow, we're only about five days in. And we're all thinking, when, when, when can we get out of here? <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, we're, we're, we're trying our best, to. Uh, to keep our our family on wraps and 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 just keep our kids uh, entertained, but we'll we'll see we'll see how long that lasts. <laughs> and here's the irony with your family and social distancing. I'm an only child, so it's right now it's just me and my mom. My uncle lives in Atlanta, and that's pretty much it. And the immediate family. Now, if your whole family got together with all your brothers, sisters. Your dad, mom, uncle, yeah. everything. What would that? I don't think legally your family would be allowed to actually have a picnic right now, right? Because how many yeah, people? Yeah, how many females are there? If it was like 
your dad and the what would be considered the immediate family what's the count well yeah so we definitely wouldn't be allowed if if there's a if they're they're not acknowledging or encouraging parties of 10 or more we've we've eclipsed that by about 50 people (laughs) (laughs) um so we're definitely not going to be getting together anytime soon but i so if you just if you just want to count my you know i'm the third of nine if you just want to count my siblings and then us, the first five of us are all married with kids and we all have at least one. And I have four, my sister has four, my brother has five. So if you just want to count my siblings, my parents and, and our in-laws and everyone, I mean, we're about 40 deep, just, just our, just my family with my siblings and our, and our kids and our parents and, uh, and our, and, and our, and our wives and, and our husbands. So there's, you know, we're, there's a lot. There's a lot of us. Yes. <laughs> the next White House press brief is going to say gatherings no more of ten. That includes you, Finau family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're going to put that yeah. out there. You know, Tony, uh, you, myself, uh, Michael, got to have dinner last year in Scottsdale before uh, the uh, Phoenix Open Waste Management Open. We were talking about your love for the NBA, and here we are in this moment with no sports that's gone through every league and every professional sports league how does it resonate with just professional athletes that a guy like you who loves the nba can't even sit down and maybe watch a game at night when you're used to just following the sport yeah that's what makes it so strange sports is my avenue to sometimes just escape reality and and just and just get into my um get my juices flowing for things that I love, you know, and that's, that's honestly one of my hobbies, you know, <laughs> watching sports and, and just following sports, you know, we have uh, entertainment at our fingertips and we get to watch games on our phone and follow different sports on our phone. And, and the fact that there's nothing going on now is a super surreal and strange feeling, um, you know, and, and have not having that opportunity to be entertained by uh, great athletes, you know, like we mentioned Tom Brady earlier and, you know, to watch LeBron put up 30, 10, and 9, and, and watch, you know, Zion go off and, and, you know, what his career unfolds and continue to watch his career unfold. I mean, you know, it, it kind of as a sports fan, you're like, I can't believe I'm, I'm denied this, you know, <laughs> while, while being at home isolated. I'm denied, uh, you know, watching some, some great entertainment, uh, in, in, my, in my opinion, the greatest of entertainment, which is sports. But um, it is a super strange time and, and things. But uh, as I mentioned before, uh, totally get it. So with all the NBA players now that have started, uh, it's because, of course, they haven't tested everybody, but of all the NBA players now that have started to test positive, if a golfer tests positive or just seeing how many NBA guys are now testing positive, are you a little nervous? Does it make you a little nervous to think – I talked to Billy Horseshoe and he, he hadn't been tested and he didn't know one golfer that had been tested. Yeah, I I was curious about that at the players. I was wondering if they're going to start testing us there um, at the players' championship, and obviously they didn't. But I, I haven't been tested. I haven't heard any PGA Tour player that has been tested. So I don't know how how that's going to be or what the protocol protocol is going to be for the PGA Tour uh, moving forward when we do get back playing again. But um, if there wasn't, I mean, you have to believe if there was an athlete on the PGA Tour that has the coronavirus, um, you know, that they're going to start checking all of us and to make sure, you know. Because that's the thing, you know, the more I learn about this coronavirus, a lot of the cases are just ones that have been caught. You know, there's so many people that have it that don't even know and, don't, mm. and, and aren't getting symptoms, you know, as, as we've seen with like Spider Mitchell and 
um, and Rudy Gobert, those guys are totally fine, but they have the coronavirus. So it's, it's quite a crazy epidemic and health epidemic, one that I think we're all still unsure about, but, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully no one on the PJ Tour has it. That's, were you that's all I had, yeah, that's all yeah, I have to say. Yeah, were you cool with, with um, Rory McIlroy when he came out and said what he said, that he, that he was fine with the tournament getting canceled and he thinks before that the tour even gets started back up, that everybody, caddies, players, that it's, you know, almost better safe than sorry. Are you cool with, with what Rory said about that as well? I saw what Rory said about, you know, testing the players and it, and if somebody has it, then then shutting down the events. I, you know, I'm a big fan of Rory's, but I did think he was out of touch uh, on that on those specific comments. I, I don't think they needed the test. I, I I truly believe that they made the right call for the players' championship, and hopefully that's hopefully those those are the comments you're talking about that you know that yes. Rory made. I, I did think he was a little out of touch there we don't need to get tested for, for us to know what the right thing to do is. And I think we, I think the PJ tour and, and Jay Monahan made the right decision. Good. I need you to settle a debate between Michael and I, because we did a podcast last week and we were, you know, with all the tournaments being canceled and that's not I, a debate. It I, was I, an I, argument. It was it not was, a debate. It was, it was, it was actually argument. Pretty, it, was, it was a <laughs> heated argument. Now I'm not going to tell you where either of us landed. I just want to know where you land. Would you rather, Play the Masters with no patrons or not play it at all and wait for there to be patrons. No, the choice is the choice is no patrons or no masters. So you either play it with no people or you don't play it at all. That's the choice. I, I would say don't play it at all. I just, well, just for me as a competitor, I could see how much joy people would get from watching it. And I hate to rob them from that, but it's not, it's not the same tournament with it. To me, it's, it's not the same tournament without, without patrons. And I don't think you can play. I don't think you sh- they should ever play a major championship without patrons watching. That's part of the suspense and everything that, that is part of playing a major championship. You know, it's like, That's right. I don't think they'd be able to hold an NBA championship seven game series without people watching. I just think that would be a strange, a strange thing. And that's such a big part of sports is fans being there to support and cheer and to hear the roars and the cheers to, to have not have that, I think would be a detriment to the game. So I, I just, I would say just none of, uh, not have it until patrons are allowed to come back out. That's a smart I am not going to, I'm not going to lie, man. I, I can't believe that you feel that way because, and here's why I'll say you're a guy. I, we knew each other when you were 16, right? Getting ready to graduate high school. Seven, yeah. 17, 17 years old. Yeah. Yeah. Right before you graduated high school, the journey that you have had in the sport of golf playing mini tour events all over the place. It ain't like <laughs> that you played in front of tons of people to start your career off. And the anxiety that you would have had to have felt is the same, isn't it? Or am I completely off? <laughs> I, it could be the same. You, we, we always know what we're playing for. There's no doubt about it. But, uh, but man, it's just, I just think the huge sporting events need fans. That's right. Uh, to make it legitimate and, uh, and I, that's just, that's just how I feel. I totally get where you're coming from, Mike. And I could see a lot of the guys saying, look, let's just let us play without patrons. But, uh, if it was 
if it was a decision that needed to be made by the players, I would be on the side of let's wait till there's patrons allowed. That's, you know, to me, it's like Augusta National with all the roars you hear starting from 11 to 12 to 30, just all the way until you finish is like, you know, you can't duplicate that. And I would, you know, if I'm walking up 18 and, and I'm going to win the golf tournament, you know, I want to be able to take my hat off. Hell yeah. I want to be able to, you well, know, you I want to take that. my hat off and, no, you, can't. And, you know, and have everybody cheering and, and, and have those special feels that we all have, you know, when the guy comes up 18. So that's what about, where I stand. With what about a regular tournament? Let's, let's say a non-major. Yeah, it's just a, it's just a strange thing. You know, I think regular tournaments are, are you know, I, I look at just a little bit different um, when it comes to patrons. Yeah, I think I look at it a little different. Yeah, obviously the super hypo- hypothetical question, right? Right. But, uh, <laughs> I, I might look at that a little different, but uh, I know for sure. I think major championships, major championships have got to be played with fans. They, and there's there's always been one half of this podcast that's smarter than the other, and you're talking to him right now. Um, all right, so I said something the other day. I, I tweeted out the other day uh, at Matt Barry on on Twitter that I, if I had my dream programming grid on ESPN during this time of no sports, because there really isn't anything going on, here was my dream day grid, Tony. I had the 2019 final round of the Masters. I had the okay. 2006 Rose Bowl between Texas and USC. Yep. I had the college football playoff national championship 2017, Deshaun Watson and Clemson against Alabama. And the 2016 NCAA championship game between Villanova and North Carolina. So if I gave you the controls of ESPN for a day, what two or three games or events would you have to put on the network? Ooh, well... Right off, right off the top of my head, I think I'd have, I'd have to go with the 2000 U.S. Open with Tiger. Yeah, um, Pebble. Yeah, we've got to go Pebble. Uh, I'm going to have to put in, I think, the greatest college football game that I've ever watched, that I've ever witnessed, and a true underdog game was the 2007 Fiesta Bowl. So I put on probably yeah. Boise State and Oklahoma. I think college football is, you know, even though it's not being played right now, that's something that will keep everybody entertained. I I am a huge fan of that 2006 national championship game between SC and Texas, but I was I'm such a West Coast guy and such a you know <laughs> I was going for SC so hard that I actually wouldn't want to rewatch that. <laughs> so uh, I you know I, I get how good that game was, but uh, Vince Young I think gave you know guys that were going for SC nightmares for like years. So I don't think I'd put that in there. Let's see if, if I had to put another. Uh, major championship up there. Yeah, I mean the the 2019 Masters uh, is is one is one to remember. It's special. You know, I, I was in the final group there, and you know, obviously I've got probably uh, a little more mixed feelings than, than most people. But I, I was really happy for Tiger coming up 18 and and know how much he means to the game. 2018 par three contest. Nope. Oh yeah, yeah. 2018 par three contest. No, <laughs> no question. If you yeah. If you want, if you want to watch some gruesome, uh, <laughs> yep, gruesome, some pain, yeah, then, uh, then definitely, <laughs> definitely watch that. You'll definitely be entertained, no question. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm actually, it's it's actually funny because I, I you know, I'm, I'm my wife and I have been uh, just trying to get through, you know, a bunch of movies and shows and trying to get everybody's, you know, thoughts on on shows and things and and actually now they bring that up, I, maybe I need to make my own list and just knock them all out while I have the opportunity, just watching, replaying all my favorite uh, uh, things. You know, I watched 
I actually, my, my son and I just watched the replay of Vince Carter uh, in the 2000 slam dunk contest. And that was, pretty, oh, that was pretty fun. Yeah. That, that was, that was pretty nice. That was pretty fun. And we'll go back and watch. So now that you bring, I love that you bring that up though. Cause I think it's time to, uh, to go back into the archives and start watching some of those. So you ready to feel really old? Sure. <laughs> On this date, literally today, March 18th, 25 years ago, Michael Jordan put two words out in a fax that made the NBA world go crazy. And those two words were, I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> and that was, right tw- his, yes, 25 years ago. Retirement, right? Correct. Yeah. 25 years ago today, Michael Jordan announced, I'm back. Came that, back is number 45. Wow. Yeah. Let me, uh, let me give awesome. you a I know. Let me I give know. you a couple of show suggestions. All right. Have you watched Narcos? No, but one of my one of my good friends is Mike Pena, so I, I have to watch that. Yeah, watch Narcos Mexico, phenomenal. Uh, have you watched The Outsider on HBO? The Outsider. The Outsider, uh, yeah, The Outsider. It's on HBO, phenomenal. Oh, no. I haven't watched that I'm one not. either. Oh I'm man, watching. watch The Outsider. Well, what's on what's on your watch list now? What are you knocking out right now? Well, I'm. I'm a I'm a chick flick guy, you know, and I have no shame in the game, you know. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm a rom I'm a rom com rom you know romance guy, and I've always been since about 15, 16 years old, just watching chick flicks. So, you know, I I got through you know the, the top at the top of my list when it comes to those type of TV shows, you know, is like uh, One Tree Hill, <laughs> Gossip, Gossip Girl, um, The OC, Pretty Little oh, Liars. I mean, I'm, OC, you got me on the OC, yeah, right? So I, yeah, that was, yeah, it was a great show. So, I, I mean, those are kind of at the, at the top of my list. Right now, my wife and I are watching The Outlander. I don't know if you guys have, uh, nah. have seen that one. That's, on, uh-uh. that's out on Netflix. That's out on Netflix, The Outlander. Okay. It's a good one. Yeah. Kind of vintage Scotland and uh, real romance kind of thing back in the day. So mm. it's pretty good. But, yeah, I mean, that's what I'm into. So my wife and I have been trying to look for, for kind of some romance movies and shows to get back into. Love is Blind, Netflix, reality show. You hear that one? Oh, 100%. Oh, yeah, that was so good. It just, yeah, it just finished like two weeks ago. And we're, yeah, we're, we're way into that. You see, y'all, two, both of y'all are in a place that I just, I, I'm not, I'm not there, right? <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. Like, I love About a Boy and uh, like, I, I love Notting Hill. <laughs> it's cool. But I, I also can't lie. You gotta, you gotta get me there kind of dragging and screaming. And then I love it after the fact. <laughs> But it is funny. I want people to know because there are a lot of people that don't that don't know. We touched on it just a little bit ago about you turned pro when you were 17 years old. And we both know we both know plenty of people in in the golf playing world that, you know, had that silver spoon in their mouth and how they came up. But you came from the opposite side. And I would love for you to tell everybody, like, when you started growing up playing golf, I mean, where, tell everyone where you came from. <laughs> so I, I grew up in, a, in an area in Salt Lake called Rose Park, which is uh, probably just a less, more or less fortunate area than most in, in Salt Lake City. Um, but I, I just, you know, just a lot more humble beginnings, I think, than most guys. And, and I, you know, I actually I learned how to play golf indoor. I learned how to hit. My dad had this uh, crazy idea that, uh, you know, we didn't have the money to go practice and play on the golf course. So he put up a mattress in our garage and taught my brother and I how to play 
and hit, we hit into the mattress and that's where, you know, we learned how to strike a golf ball. And, you know, he ended up finding out that, you know, golf courses are kind of like recreational parks, just in that the chipping and putty green were actually free. So we would hit indoor into our mattress and then we would go to the chipping and putty green to learn how to chip and putt because it was free. So that's, we did that for a couple of years and, and just learned to love the game. You know, we fell in love with the game and I, you know, my dad would get us like a bucket of balls for, you know, like once a week where we would actually see the ball fly. I think the bucket of balls he said back in the day were about six fifty. So, you know, that's, that was kind of the budget we had for, for learning how to play the game of golf. You know, my dad went to secondhand stores to, to uh, buy my first you know, set of clubs. I think they're, he said they're 50 cents each. And I started with two clubs and then I went up to three clubs and four clubs. And, and so I actually played most of my junior golf career with, you know, probably seven to eight clubs and worked my way up. So that's just the, you know, the short, that's just the short version, but yeah, obviously a lot of, a lot of trials and, and things that we had to face as we got better and, and started to qualify for national events. And, you know, a big, a big part of that was my dad worked for Delta Airlines, and and so we were able to fly standby to get to to a lot of these tournaments, and that was a huge blessing because without that, there's no way I would have uh, even been recognized nationally as as a golfer because I, I wouldn't have been able to travel. So um, super super humble beginnings, but you know grateful for those times. And you know I look back now and it's like wow, you know it's, it's quite it's quite a story. You know my dad didn't know anything about golf, didn't uh, didn't play golf and, and just, you know, used his, uh, reading skills, I guess Yeah, <laughs> his coaching skills and, and just his father's skills to, to help mold me and my brother and into golf players. And, and we kind of did it together. And, and, and here I am, you know, here 20 years later after I started and, um, and doing the thing, you know, it's still, I look back, you know, it's still sometimes pretty surreal for me because it's like, mm. I just, I had no idea what we were getting into. You know, in the game of golf, I don't, I don't think my dad knew. I don't think my parents knew, like, truly the magnitude of what we were getting ourselves into. You know, I, I'm at the Ryder Cup and I'm at the President's Cup and, and competing in, the, you know, the final group with Tiger and last year. And, and just, you know, you know, obviously, I know I paid my dues. I belong there and I feel that way. But at certain times, you kind of pinch yourself and think, man, this is what we signed up for <laughs> 20 years ago. And we have in that little garage in Salt Lake. And who and who would have known that this was even possible? So um, definitely crazy. But, uh, you know, that's that's how, you know, I think that's how some of the best athletes in the world have have been molded just through through super humble beginnings. Did your has your dad ever told you why? He decided that he thought it would be a good idea for you and your brother Gipper to to play golf and learn. <laughs> well, uh, my my dad knew. Uh, my dad played a lot of basketball, played a lot of football, and and my parents both agreed um, that they wanted us to do something different. Um, and and whether you know whether that was playing tennis or just something different than than what everybody else was doing. Everybody was getting their kids into basketball and and football and baseball. And, um, and I, and I, and I, I also played some of those sports growing up as well, but, uh, you know, we were fully invested in golf by the time I was about 10. And, and then that was a big part. I think just my parents understanding the golf or understanding the basketball, uh, scene and how tough it was going to be. Uh, I think they wanted to try their hand at, at a different sport. 
Um, but you know, the biggest thing is, you know, my brother and I just learned to love it and, and we learned to love it right away. And I think just spending time with my dad and, um, and being with my brother, you know, we created a close bond through the game of golf. So, you know, whether, whether I was going to make it or not, um, that, that was the fact of the matter for me was that I, I got to spend time with my dad and, and he was super supportive and I got to, you know, create a special bond through a game, just learning about the game together. How old were you when you won your first junior tournament? How many clubs did you have in your bag when that happened? Because I'm curious to know, you showed up at tournaments with kids who had to have new shiny clubs and they had all the new <laughs> great stuff. Like, you didn't even have golf shoes or a glove. Like, so I want to oh. know, what that first. give me that story the first time. Yeah. I, I, I probably started using a glove when I was about 11 years old and I started playing at eight. So a few years later... I finally got my first glove to use. Um, but I, my, my pitching wedge and my driver, my, from my very first set, my dad bought me, uh, my dad still has, um, and the grips are all super slick, super old, but, uh, you know, I, I, I won my first tournament when I was nine years old at a, at a little golf course in Salt Lake called Nibley Park. And, uh, I, if I had to guess, I would say I probably had five clubs. I probably had a wow. I probably had a driver, a seven iron, a pitching wedge, sand wedge, and a putter. Those are probably my those are probably my five clubs that I had. <laughs> but I had, uh, you know, I I I knew other kids had more clubs and and all the fancy clubs. Um, but I just I mean I knew that wasn't <laughs> I knew we couldn't afford those. And you know I you know growing up with not a lot, you kind of you just you you sense it. You're like, oh well, I, I don't have as much as they have, but. You know, I've got I've got the work ethic and things to make up for it. So that's you know that's kind of the mindset I've always had, and um, and and you know serves me well. And on the PJ Tour is that you know I grew up with uh, you know a lot less, but you know the thing that matters is the work. You got to put the work in to get good at anything, and whoever's willing to do that and sacrifice um, for what they want to accomplish, you know, can accomplish it. So I you know my dad taught me that with with that you know garage story. Just, you know, it didn't matter. Hey, there's no excuse. And that was a great thing about having a dad with a background in sports is he understood that, you know, there's to be great at anything. There's, there's no excuse there's, you know, the, the background, that's not an excuse, you know, having, not having the funds to perform. That's not, that's not an excuse. You know, that's, uh, that's a circumstance, but you can overcome that by, by putting the work in and just working harder than anybody else. That's awesome perspective right there. Not an excuse. It's a circumstance. Does that okay? So I'm kind of piecing some things together now. Is that where your short takeaway came from? Because you learned in a garage and you were maybe afraid of hitting the wall or the ceiling. <laughs> no, I I actually didn't uh, didn't have a short backswing until about 2016, <laughs> um, when Board and I were working on on just hitting it a little straighter. And that, and and it's it's so crazy that my brother my brother and I when we first got on the golfing scene whether the first time he saw us was on big break or um, at that tournament in Vegas, where we met Mike at yep. the ultimate game, if, you know, uh, the exposure that we were getting was how far we hit a golf ball. And it's, <laughs> it's so coincidental because the last club we learned how to hit was a driver, you know, and we didn't know, I didn't know how far I could hit a golf ball until we were playing against kids at 11, 12, 13 years old. And I was hitting from, you know, 70, 80 of them. So we, we actually didn't, you know, I didn't learn how to hit a driver. That was the very last club I learned how to hit. My dad taught me the game from the green back. And, um, and so it was just quite coincidental that we, you know, hit it far, but, uh, 
yeah, that's it, it, it's it's a it's quite a crazy story, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, Amazing. I never. I'll tell everybody one of the funniest things ever is that week that we met in Vegas for the ultimate game. You know, everyone had been talking. You got to see this guy Tony Finau and his brother Gipper. You got to see him. You got to see him. I was like, okay, man, I, I get it. I've been around pro golfers long enough. Like, come on, man. And Trevino goes, yeah, yeah, long. Sure, he's long. And what was that first hole? Four fifty something. It was like four. <laughs> It was like, it was like four, I think it was like four twenty, a little downhill or something. Yeah. Oh no, it wasn't downhill, man. Don't be humble. It was not <laughs> downhill. That was a little uphill. And Trevino and I stood in the fairway, and you hit a driver to the porch, to the front porch of that hole, <laughs> and Trevino just started laughing, which I never seen him do before. But the other thing I wanted people to know too was, you turned pro that week. Not because you thought, you know what, I'm a, I just don't need to go to college. You turned pro because of the financial situation that, you know, you and your brother and everyone, for you, it was a financial decision to turn pro. A hundred percent. So I, I get through those first couple uh, matches and now I'm one of 12 guys that have a chance to win $2 million. Wow. And so I either turn pro or I, I give up that opportunity to be, to, you know, at, at a chance at $2 million being one of 12 guys. So I just remember, it's, it's quite funny, actually. I remember sitting down with my parents and, 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 and basically uh, making this decision. And, and I told them, I said, look, I, you know, this is all fun and things. I've always wanted to go to college. So, you know, I think I'm going to go to college. And my parents said, basically, nah, no, you're not. <laughs> you're, 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 you're teeing, you're teeing it up as a pro and, and we'll take our chances from there. And that was about the, that was about the end of that conversation. <laughs> so I, I, ended, yeah, you know, obviously I ended up turning pro and, um, and I didn't win the $2 million, but I did uh, win six figures that week and, and got a sponsor, um, you know, got a little deal with Callaway and, and was on my way professionally. Um, but it is quite a, quite a funny story. I remember remember telling my parents like, I think this is cool, but you know, I, I need an education, and you know, I always want to go to college. I've got a full <laughs> ride to to play at the at BYU, and I verbally committed to play with them. And and I just going on just going on and on and on. And, and my parents just looked me in the eyes and they said, Nah, I don't think you're gonna do that. <laughs> You'll get your education. <laughs> you're, of course. you're trying. You're, like, you're you're gonna try your hand at this uh, at this two million dollars. So that that'll probably help even more. Give you the. Uh, our financial status leading up to that point. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, before I let you go, uh, we always ask all of our people this one question. Give me one, g- give me the course that you've never played before, but you want to, what course is on your bucket list? And then once we finally get back to some semblance of the world, we knew, give me one place that you've never been to that you want to go. Ooh, yeah. So golf course, Pine Valley, that, that seems to be ranked the highest, you know, number one or number two every year mm. in in golf courses. So I've never played that. So I'd love to play Pine Valley at some point. Um, and then a place I've never been to that I'd love to go is, is Tonga, which is just an island that my parents are from. Oh, wow. And yeah, and it's actually a language that uh, <laughs> um, I am, you know, trying to learn and trying to be fluent in and have, you know, become semi-successful. So <laughs> Um, I, I'd love to go there and just visit where, where they're from and, and, and just visit the people there. You know, I've, um, just with my status here in the States, I've become a huge uh, figure for our uh, Polynesian people and, uh, and just love to, to visit there sometime. And, 
um, and just check it out. Well, I don't know how to tell you this. You got a lot of time on your hands to finish learning the language. So you, uh, <laughs> you'll have plenty of time. No doubt. <laughs> Tony, man, we love you. We appreciate you hopping on with us. I know it's been a, a weird time for everybody, but we can't tell you how much we appreciate you making some time to kind of tell your story and uh, make the most of what is a pretty difficult situation for everybody. Hey, no, appreciate it, man. All love. Appreciate you guys. We'll see you guys soon. Hopefully sooner than later. <laughs> Absolutely. Hopefully sure. sooner than later. And most importantly of everything else, man, you and the family, and I'm glad everybody else in Utah is safe too, but stay that way as well, okay? No, we'll do. And you guys too. Be safe. Thanks, guys. man. Thanks for listening to Maddie and the Caddy. Check out more great ESPN podcasts in the ESPN app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Maddie and the Caddy.